do I actually give you an intro this time? Because you know this is like the fifteen time or something. You do already, man. Well, am, am I am I coming through clear? Yeah, man, clear. Yeah, man. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. man, do what you feel like, yeah. brother. This is the second time in person, but yeah. this is like the gazillion time yeah, man, on Tinder. You know what? It's Walshy Fire in Toronto, live in the building, live in the studio right here. You know what I mean? Listen, Walshy, could you please tell them, okay? Because you just experienced it, Toronto's traffic. Yeah, man. It's up there. It's not the worst traffic I've ever experienced. Okay. But definitely up there. But today, I think it was a special, special bad day, man. Um, there's a festival downtown. Mm-hmm. Construction is going crazy, though. And then you just got the natural traffic. So yeah. I think I got caught in a, a two-hour uh, whirlwind of things. Yes. But definitely not the worst tra- traffic I've ever been in. Um, if anybody out there has ever been to, like, Kenya. <laughs> Nairobi. Yeah. Yo, let me tell you something, man. The worst thing that you can do in a city mm-hmm. is take away all the stops, stop lights and make everything a roundabout. <laughs> it's all roundabouts. Yeah. So there's no you go, I go. It's uh, always a fight. It's a, it's a bottleneck everywhere. Yeah. It's all roundabout. It's the most roundabouts I've ever seen in my life. You know when people think they fancy? Yeah. <laughs> yo, you can tell them on them say, yo... What England have? Them about 20 roundabout. Yo, show them more style as style. Yo, give me about 50 roundabout. Yo, bro. England. Yeah. You see this? What up? Suck on the mama. Like, yo, see that? 50. And you're like, yo, when you think that you styling, you think you styling, but you just hurting the whole, you know, system. So, yeah, yeah man. I mean, other places like India, man, you know. No, I heard, I heard yeah, the traffic man. in India. Yeah, Mumbai and so Come on, man. Yeah. There's no law. There's no rule. There's no, you know, everybody just doing what they doing and you just yeah. in it. Like, <laughs> you just got to get in, get in where you fit in. Get in where you go. fit in and make it happen, man. Yeah. But, you know, also there's no road rage, which is crazy, right? You would think, oh, this traffic is so bad. They must be yeah. like, nah. It's accepted. Everybody knows that the horn is not trying to offend. It's just move along. Move along, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, these countries, the violence is, is low. You know, Kenya, the violence is low, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to, you'll find, like, I seen a street fight happen one time in Kenya. And um, I only say street fight to give people, like, there was some kind of, like, anger happening. Yeah. But there was no actual fight. It's just posturing, posing. Um, talking loud a lot of loud talking and a lot of like you know yo don't take me there yeah. man you know don't hold let me back hold me back don't let me don't let me be that one guy but you know nobody's holding him back and he's just never gonna be that guy it's just that's just, that's just, that's just not what he is but yeah I'm on two line entertainment nah man this is the biggest most luxurious podcast in the world come on man you see the leather seats you see the curtain TV, can't forget. You the see TV. the big flap screams. You see muscle shirt. Perfect. That's not cheap. You just can't get that. Yeah, come on, man. And to and to and to come, you know, come for this ride with us, man. You know, see what a luxurious, you know, podcast looks like. Right here, we just finished summer, unofficially. All right, Labor Day is basically the end of summer. Yeah. What was your summer like this year? Ah, oh, so blessed, man. So yeah. good. Shout out to uh, Toronto's heat wave yesterday. Yo. Including today. It's yo. wild. <laughs> and I never wanted to say, yo, Toronto was too hot, but yeah. yo. Um, 
such a blessed man been able to tour so much i got one last europe tour coming up um africa and europe tour coming up mm -hmm. and i'm just really blessed man it's been a great summer what were some of the highlights for you this year? Because I know a lot of traveling, see a lot of the reels, boss, and all of those stuff. Mm -hmm. what, what would you say were some of your highlights this year? Um, the festivals for sure, you know. I mean, Major Lazer is a major um, festival touring band. And when you have 100,000 people in front of you, you know, just going crazy. It's it's unbeatable. Um, Real Boss, I kind of stopped doing Real Boss. You I, know? I seen that, you know. You know, I'm sorry, man. The streets, I just want you to know. You know I, I kind of stopped doing Real Boss. Why? Because they stopped monetizing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say I wasn't doing it for the love because I yeah. did have a fun time doing those, those, those comedy, you know, mm -hmm. tour reviews. But once the money left it... <laughs> Once I got that that message that was like we are no longer you know giving out money for these, boy oh boy was it was it a lot harder to do? <laughs> Yo, the whole vibe, yeah. the vibe check was just unchecked. So I haven't done one in a while, and I should I, you know there's no reason why not to. Man, I've had some amazing shows like Electric Zoo last weekend in in Manhattan. Okay, you know it was an absolute. Uh, shit shows chaotic it was amazing and at the same time like crazy mm -hmm. they canceled the friday they held back on the saturday till 3 p.m and then everybody tried to show up on the sunday for our show so they were kicking down some fences they were jumping fences they was doing everything to get in i could have made a dope reel about that yeah oh, man, but i can't get the money from the real boss the real boss not getting we, a, nah, a man, check. We, we need we need the return of the real boss. All right, I'll figure. Stuff. I'll get a good show. Maybe when I go to uh, Morocco yeah. in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll get a real boss. Yeah. Have you ever been to Morocco before? Yeah, man. Yeah. Many times. Where's somewhere you haven't been that you you want to go? So many places, man. I mean, so you got fifty four countries in Africa. Mm -hmm. I've only been to fourteen. Only. So that's okay. another, you know, 30, 40, sorry. That's another mm -hmm. 40 countries I want to go to. Um, Africa's really the priority. There really isn't anywhere else that I haven't been. Most of the places are in Africa. I mean, I think there's like 300-something countries in the world. Mm -hmm. But, man, this summer I went to Maldives. I see the Come on, boss. man. I did do a real boss on that. That was the one where the, you were going into the water, but the sharks were in the water. Correct. And everybody was acting like it's normal. <laughs> And the sharks were just in the water with yeah. us. And you and they're like, yo, <laughs> swim, man. Like, swim, uh, my brother. I you're like, yo, my every sense I have is telling me mm -hmm. swimming with sharks is not it. No man, swim, man. You're good, man. This ain't this ain't <laughs> it. This is not the move, bro. So I decided not to, man. I went to another side of the beach. Mm -hmm. But um and then I went to Sri Lanka for the first time. Amazing. Not like India at all. Okay. Just like the Caribbean, chill, yeah. calm. I saw a fight there too. Let me tell you how these two women were fighting. Yeah, They're both selling corn. And apparently one lady, she runs the block. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yo, I set up already. This is my block. Don't fuck with me. The other lady was like, yo, your corn ain't beating my corn. Yeah. I'm posting up. And we're going to let the people decide. The other lady said... I think you don't understand. This is my block already. Mm -hmm. We're not having a discussion on this. And I'm watching the whole thing. And I don't speak uh, Tamil or, you know, the languages that they speak there. So, you know, for me, it's just hand motion gestures and, and body language. <laughs> which, I'm you, which is universal. Universal, you man. 
And so when the new girl was like, yeah, no, I'm not going nowhere. I sell the, I got the top of top con, mm-hmm. con for sale. Homegirl walks over and smacks her tray of corn out her hand and literally sends corn flying in every direction, bro. There was corn everywhere. And she walked back over to her tray, her stand, and was like, I told you, go home. This is my block. And homegirl just ate it. She just walked away. And I was like, yo, this is how you fight when you ain't got too much real worries in the world, man. So, you know, these places are chilling, they're dope, and they're beautiful. And Sri Lanka has some amazing beaches that I don't think people really even know. Mm -hmm. Um, The cool thing about Sri Lanka is there's nothing below Sri Lanka except, like, the South Pole. So, so that's the furthest. Yeah, man. So when you go, go India, then you go down to Sri Lanka, and then it's like nothing. There's things to the left and to the right, yeah, but there's nothing below, below it, man. So like south, you just hit the South Pole, and that's it. Did you ever picture yourself traveling the world just to play music as a kid coming up? No. Yeah. Um, I always thought I was going to play football, mm-hmm. American football. I always thought, yeah, I'm going to play American football. Um. I never thought I was going to be doing music. I wanted to be an architect when I realized that, like, football wasn't going to do it. Um, But, again, never thought I would be traveling the world like that and never thought it'd be for music. And it's not like, okay, you know, there's the regular, there's Canada, States, England, Europe, (coughs) and those type of places. But you were going to some different region, Maldives, Sri Lanka, um, you it's like some real Russian Ma- those places. Ma- right? Ma- 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 I forgot the name of the country. You don't even know where that yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, man, they have a crazy or had a crazy like a genocide happening there too while I was there. Mm-hmm. I think those are the places that are the wildest. You know, going to uh, Venezuela when Chavez is in power and realizing like this is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Chavez is in power and I'm in Venezuela and we're about to do a show. Shout out to everybody that was at that show, man. Barquisimento. Everyone that was at that show. So many of them are actually my friends now because mm-hmm. there was such a great, insane energy that night. Um, going to Cuba, you know, and performing. Still the greatest show I've ever done. I'm sure the rest of the guys in Major Lazer would say the same. Mm-hmm. 400,000 people in the streets. What do you do when you when you see people till you can't see people no more? But that's what I mean. What is that feeling like in your stomach? Like when you realize that these people are here to see me and what I'm doing? How do you process something like that? To be honest, man, I, I'm still processing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's an unbelievable thing, and um, I realize I'm in a great, great, unbelievable, amazing space. Because mm-hmm. who else can say that they've done that? Crazy. Last time you hear, you're talking about your farm. We did the origin story last time. Mm-hmm. Here, Walsh you know Farmer. I mean? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Why a farm? Why that of all things to get into? I think that, to be honest with you, you know, I, I've lived in the city all my life. I've lived in Miami my whole life. I've lived in a, a place called Carroll City. We talked about it mm-hmm. in New Orleans. And you start to travel the world. And you start to see um, how people that, Uh, don't grow up like you live and you start to see their demeanor and their priorities and you know you know you know like Taurus Riley said man the simple things are the blessing and when I realized that was maybe like 10 years ago I was like yo the simplest things are the blessings man and the moment you grow a mango like I remember this year 
my mango tree grew its first mango on my farm. Mm-hmm. No, man. I can't, I can't. I just talked about Cuba mm-hmm. like it was nothing. Here I am talking about Little my first mango, mango yeah. with emotion. It, but it's the simple things, you know what I mean? Yo, trust me when I tell you, man, when you look at that tree and you're like, you feel like you did it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I grew this mango, mm-hmm. you know? And you start to realize like, yo, this is where the real blessings are, man. You know, and there's many times, man, that I'll just lay in my dirt yeah. <laughs> and just be like, yo, this is my dirt. All of this is my dirt, mm-hmm. you know? And shout out to everyone. If you haven't seen it, go on my Instagram, Wall Street Fire. Um, and look at our farm um, and everything that, you know, has been new and everything that's um, coming along slowly, but coming along, man, it's the best thing I ever did. And also I like to tell this story, not only do my travels and meeting people who have different, um, uh, that grew up differently for me, influence how um, this decision was. Um, uh, I, started to manifest billionaire friends, mm-hmm. right? And I made that like an actual manifestation. I was like, yo, now I've been around billionaires, but most of them I don't want to be friends with, you know? Um, but also a lot of those billionaires I didn't meet on my own strength. And so if I met a billionaire through you, mm-hmm. I would not probably be friends with them because that to me is just off code. You know, it's like, that's your friend. And so... I'll say what's up, but I'm not going to force myself to be friends with this person. If they bring you in the if forward. Yeah. yeah, man, if they bring me in. Yeah. No, you know. But it's not yeah. a run. I mean, I'll go fight to yeah. be friends with this guy when it's your friend. Mm-hmm. And so I finally got my own natural friend who's a billionaire and he makes um, he makes uh, parts for NASA, right? And when I look at um, his life and his lifestyle and I look at how where he spends his money. Mm-hmm. I have to go back to that great Taurus Riley song, man. The simplest things are the blessings. This guy's a billionaire. But when I tell you the things that excite him and the things that he's like, yo, I'm gonna spend money on this is stuff like farming and stuff like that. You know, and he bought this big farm in Arkansas. And I'm just like, yeah, man, this is where the real joy is, man. And so, you know, just really following that, that, that energy of just being like, yo, whatever's the, most natural and simplest thing. I'm going to invest in that because it's guaranteed joy. Mm -hmm. It has worked. It's really been like that. And so I love where I'm at right now and I love what's happening. Um, And I'm going to continue to invest in stuff like this. You know, I got into real estate real heavy Mm -hmm. and I had, I had eight houses at one point. I have six now and renting out and being a, a landlord is definitely fulfilling as in like, I really help these people out. A lot of them, you know, I didn't. I haven't raised rent on them or anything. I'm really mm-hmm. trying to make sure that these people who are great um, and deserve a chance get a chance. And I feel with my farm, I'm going to probably be doing the same thing, growing things and providing them for people who might not get a chance to see um, um, prices for fruits that low. Mm-hmm. Or um, I'm in talks with bringing in a school program um, in Fort Lauderdale to uh, bring the kids from the inner city to my farm and to each of them grow their own plant and then to be able to come back frequently and grow their own, not plant, but fruit tree. Mm-hmm. 
and we're going to look at stuff that grows like really fast. Um, so that maybe in a couple months they can actually see like tomato plants and stuff like that where they can actually be like, man, I grew my own plant. Like the joy it brings me, I know it'll bring anybody else. You have to remember we're used to, especially if you grew up in the city, you're used to going to the grocery store, whatever is there is where you're buying, but you're not seeing the essence yeah, of how this thing is yeah, really man. created. Going into like, if you go to like a lot of people like my mother-in-law and stuff like in their backyard, you'd see them growing mm -hmm. um, onions, you'd mm -hmm. see tomato, you see all type of stuff. So just mm -hmm. to see that that's a different vibe and then bring it in the house and then cook it, that's a totally different energy altogether. Yeah, man, it's a different energy. And I really want to say again, mm -hmm. I'm a grown man mm -hmm. who got excited about a mango. Yeah. So I can imagine what a child would feel mm -hmm. if they saw their tomato plant grow a tomato mm -hmm. and how that could change their whole perspective on life. So, yeah, man, um, man, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to get in, you want to do farming more on a commercial or it's more personal or what type of what type of oh, man lab? on a commercial scale i i would say that would take a lot mm -hmm. and i don't think i'm there yet and mm -hmm. so for now personal you know with minor commercial you know i definitely am all about business mm -hmm. um and i have some plans to put some things on there that will generate money but not anything that i think will generate any insane amount of money mm -hmm. um, but i would love for this to eventually uh grow and you know the person i bought the farm from is martina navatilova a lot of people might remember her big tennis player like huge tennis player yeah and she went and bought a 10 acre farm i have a three acre farm mm -hmm. and um i just remember sitting and talking to her and i was like yo she gets it she was like, yeah, you know, this, this three acres is cool, but what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And I was like, yo, maybe, you know, maybe I, I, I moved from a three to a bigger one as well. But right now I'm just happy, very happy with what I have. Boss, you, I remember when we're talking when the, during the pandemic, a lot of the stuff you were showing was in your, basically like your backyard, your, your front yard. You went from <laughs> yeah. a backyard to a front yard <laughs> to three acres, boss. You yeah. know what I mean? Three yeah. acres then to the 10 or 20 or whatever. So you're, yeah, you're still taking your time and moving towards whatever it is. Shout out to everyone that remembers me and Muscle's interviews during the pandemic, Bruh. man. Classics. Bro. Bro. Classic material, man. Listen to me. There's so much stuff in those conversations there. And again, yeah, you, you know, one thing I thought about talking about that, you know, throughout all of those. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. I was, listen, I was waiting for you, Walsh. I was waiting for you, though. <laughs> right, at some point, we're going to do a zoom in on this and an edit. I didn't even know Muscle had his own. I was, listen, I was waiting for you. <laughs> I didn't bust out his own water. Yeah. Look at this, man. It's got a love. It's got a thousand percent, two, 27 years going strong. It's got celebration. Man, the YouTube link is on here. Man. That, that's what all this water consists of. One all of, of this here gives you this water. You ain't doing, man, you ain't doing nothing wrong, my brother. Look at this, Listen. man. Two Lion Huts official water. Official. I support it. But that's what I was telling you. Out of all these conversations we had, you in person and stuff, you know we still don't have a picture together? Mm -hmm. And that's going to change today? Yeah, man, for sure. You understand? Definitely, man. When you even met the people, and also the link's solid. But and you just told me that Willie Chin has been the most on your show? Willie Chin, when it comes to, because I think 
that it almost seems like you guys have a <coughs> a personal rival. Yeah, okay? man. You're there. I'm going to go five times. No, yeah, okay. Man. I'm going to go eight. Yes. So it's like the competition is on between Willie and Walsh to yeah, see man. who could sit in the red me and Willie start doing more shows together, man. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and shout out to everyone who's helped Bobby Chin. You know, he's having a um, an eye surgery again. Mm-hmm. And for everyone out there who's asked me, it's real. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's realer than real, man. I did a show with Bobby in Kingston last month. Okay. And... I walk up to Bobby and I realize he doesn't know who I am. And I'm standing right in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I say, yeah, man. And he's like giving me like a generic answer. He's not being rude, right? Trying to figure out right. who it is. So then Suku walks over and it goes, he, he says, Walshi, Wagwan. Mm-hmm. And then Bobby looks up again and he's like, Walshi, that's you? Mm-hmm. And I, oh man, when I tell you that hurt, man, I was like, yo, he really didn't, can't see. He really, truly can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so shout out to everyone who has helped him. He had one eye surgery and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so now he's going to try another procedure and hopefully that will work. Um, but Bobby is, Bobby's, Bobby's um, really, um, um, almost blind. Yeah, his eyesight is truly, truly bad. Mm-hmm. No, because we have a event this Sunday, actually, Black mm-hmm. up here. It's fundraiser. Make sure mm-hmm. Bobby is taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's unfortunate that especially, but you know, being in nightclubs where it's so dark and you always got to squint, it's your eyes and your ears for when it's sound are mm-hmm. two of the most important things. Yeah, I can't imagine losing my eyesight, bro. Mm-hmm. And I wear glasses. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you wear glasses, but you wear contacts now or your glasses? No, I'm not wearing reading. a contacts one. Yeah. I wear glasses, bro. Yeah. I put on my glasses right now for sure. And I said, I wear glasses. I wear glasses, man. Yeah. But I only need them to see far. Mm-hmm. So I can already see everything in here. Yeah. I already see the big, you know what I'm saying, 10-year anniversary, yeah. you know, already. Yeah, man. Uh-uh-uh. Let me see everything, you know. <laughs> Who was making for them last time? Fire Kid Steenie. Yeah, mom, I see everything. Sure. You know, I see all of this stuff, man. I don't know who drew this watercolor bounty killer, but yeah, yeah pretty funny. Yeah, mom, I see everything, you know. So I only wear them to see far away. Okay, because I see you with them, but I always thought they were just okay. You're yeah. putting them on just for... Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. On. My eyes are not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, I've been wearing glasses from... I have this picture. I'm going to show... When I find this picture and I show the world this picture, they'll know I'm a different character from that. Listen, I was probably in like grade two or three with my glasses on. But my hands were like this, like I had the ultimate. <laughs> yo, I had the ultimate plan. When I find that picture and show you guys, say, yo, I've always been a different character. Yeah, man, you got to put that on your next flyer for yeah. your next party. Boss, it's crazy. <laughs> Listen, somebody like you, somebody interested to hear your perspective on this. AI mm-hmm. and the music business. We didn't talk about this last time? No. Okay, AI in the music business, don't go around it, don't fight it, embrace it, see how you can get on board, see how you can make money along with it. Mm-hmm. How disruptive do you think it's going to be? Very. I mean, think about it. You know, what what we've, uh, what we're going through now, um, I saw a brother, uh, Red Pill and Blue Pill, called The Quickening. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's a great, um, great word for what we're going through right now where, um, you know, our grandparents saw uh, 
cars for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then our parents, you know, saw internet and cell phones. And before them, nothing, you know, it was like railroads. It was like, whoa, you know, and fire. And, you know, it was like you would take hundreds of years to see some kind of movement. And now we're going to see it insanely. Like I would say in the next five years, whatever conversation we're going to have right now Mm -hmm. will not make any sense because everything will be completely different in five years. You know, when Spotify will be challenged, um, YouTube will be challenged. Um, Yeah, creating music, creating art, uh, architecture, everything will be challenged. Every single thing, as we know, will be challenged. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the biggest threat to the music industry and AI? Threat. See, I don't know about that, right? Like, I don't know if there's a threat. Okay. Right? Um, What will change so much? Everything. Um, I don't know if there's a threat. People will still make music. Um, Will they make music? Like I said, and I could have swore I said this here. If I didn't, let me say it right now. The best thing an artist can do. So if I was Drake, Mm -hmm. what I would do is, is I would allow you to make AI songs with my voice. I would put my actual vocals into the AI machine and I would allow you to get authentic vocals using my voice. You can re- you can replicate it and it sound just like me. And when you put that song out, I make money off of the song that you have put out using my vocals. That's what I would do mm-hmm. if I was an artist. I would make my songs and then I would also say, Yo, but here are the people who are creative and they've used my vocals to make a song as well. Um, and I would maybe differentiate the two by name. Say, you know, you have Drake and then you have AI Drake. And if AI Drake blows up and goes on tour and if AI Drake makes better songs than Drake, then regular Drake can can capitalize on AI Drake. And AI Drake is, is going to happen no matter what regular Drake does. So I would never look at it and be like nah i would be like yo you know how do we work with this and i would be the first person out there going yo ai drake is going on a tour it's like the monkeys uh you know the cartoon band yes where it's just like yo it's gonna be a a whole screen it's gonna be on the screen get your tickets sit down watch the show and i'm sitting in my house yeah. Now, I understand Drake is going to want to perform. He loves to perform. But imagine you go to an AI Drake show and the screen opens up or lifts up and real Drake walks out. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. You know, I, I'm not saying anything. I think that's like dumb. So I'm hoping that people understand that uh, fighting, going against or not having a creative team that can come up with ways um, to capitalize what's already going to happen is mm-hmm. is the way to go. Because what I figure, it's like now you've opened up, if you're going your route, it's now you've opened up yourself to collaborate with even more people now. Before you're just collaborating with your industry friends and stuff, but there might be this guy in Tallahassee Mm -hmm. that nobody really knows, but he's just good at doing this thing. Mm -hmm. So then now that's a collaborator. So instead of you going and say, hey, you can't do that. You should say, okay, let me embrace it because this wave is so big that I don't think no one industry person, people or thing could stop mm-hmm. it. So you might as well find a way mm-hmm. to make this work for you. So yo, so let's 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 let's, let's forward on that I, on that concept. Tallahassee guy uses Walshy Fire's voice and makes a song, mm-hmm. right? 
don't say, oh, well, if the song is whack, I'm going to tell them, nah, take that down. Mm -hmm. Let everybody put everything up. When something goes, it goes. But it goes in partnership with you. Some stuff will lose. Some stuff will be whack. Some stuff won't go nowhere. Yo, if, if think about it. If Drake said, yo, mix songs, there would be a thousand Drake songs a day on getting uploaded. But when they go, they're going to go. Mm -hmm. And so you just say, all right, yeah, man, that's the one we're going to, you know, put, put some uh, money behind. And yeah, and that's it. So I wouldn't. I would be totally fine with Tallahassee guy being like, "Yo, watch your fire. I, I made this song with your voice. Mm -hmm. No problem. Let's see what happens. I'm not going to do anything until we see what happens. But let's see what happens. Because it's now it's now business. It now it now opened up the market. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it might saturate it, but it might open. Do you think AI has anything to do with why a lot of artists right now are selling their catalog? They were selling their catalog before AI came along. I mean, this catalog selling thing is about 10 years old now, where people were getting massive amounts of money for their catalog. Um, I've had I've had some offers for my catalog, too. I would like to gain more leverage in my catalog before I do that. Um, but I'm not opposed to doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah, this is just—it's just another. Remember, at the end of the day, it's all business, you know. Mm -hmm. And I mean, nobody's attached to it like that. It's business. Are you going to offer me what I want or potentially want for this? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, but it's business. Yeah, man, that's exactly yeah, I mean, it. And I think that a lot of people, when they first started hearing that people were selling their catalogs, they were like, "Yo, these are dummies. These are idiots," you know. And now you see everybody turning like, um, um turning around and saying, man, that wasn't actually a bad idea, man. Mm -hmm. Bro got 300 million for his songs. Like, that's enough money to live out your entire life, never having to not want for anything. Everybody, you could buy a country with that, you know? So what are you waiting on? Are you waiting to die for somebody to evaluate your, 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 your music's worth? Like, at the end of the day, man, if you feel like it's the right thing to do, man, do it. Some people are just attached to the art and they figure that this is my baby. I'm going to keep it close to me. But you have to remember, it's leverage. If I have this thing here, mm -hmm. okay, and you figure it's worth 300000 it's either I could borrow against this mm -hmm. or I could outright sell it to you. Mm -hmm. And it's still going to achieve the same thing that I wanted in the first place. Yeah, man. And I mean, to those people that don't want to sell this stuff, salute to them too, you know. Yeah, man. I, I, I understand that part of it as well. And I and I. I have no problem with those guys. You know, do what you think is best for you. Yeah. Talking about catalog, I just seen um, Ebro mm -hmm. posted something uh, about a week or two ago, say that labels are more prioritized. I saw that. Prior pr yeah. Prioritizing? <laughs> What's the word? Yeah. Prioritizing. Yeah. The Spanish music and the Afro music over... Mm -hmm. hip-hop and rappers and stuff like mm -hmm. somebody like you that's always been like i i consider you like a scattershot mm -hmm. we're uh, many lanes. every yeah many lanes you understand many lanes did you see something like that coming and you knew something like that was going to erupt or what's your thought on I that obviously saw it mm -hmm. yo think about what we're talking about major laser did a song with burner boy six seven years ago yo i've been doing songs with with stone boy and with mr easy six, seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I put out a mixtape called Africa is the Future 11 years ago. Shout out to Fully Focus. We should do another one, my brother. Yeah. 
11 years ago. What? <laughs> like what? You know what I'm saying? My Abang album mm. that dropped in 2018 was a mixture of Caribbean, Caribbean meets Africa. Mm-hmm. Every song had one Caribbean person and one African person. Rantan and Alkaline, um, Marshall and Wizkid. You know, it was like, yo, I had all of these songs. Come on, man. Y'all go check out that album, man. Abeng, A-B-E-N-G. And in 2018, that was before it's time. Mm-hmm. So you're asking me? Yes. <laughs> I, I saw I this. I have to ask somebody like you because, again, I know you're that type of person that's into all type of music. Yeah, man. Music. I saw this, though. Mm-hmm. You know? And I say that while still doing dancehall, still doing reggae, still drop my one dropper to them, still do my reggae, still do um, EDM. But I already knew, man. You can't look at the number of people in Africa and think one day they won't start to support and listen to their own music. It's a numbers game. It's Ross. a numbers game. That's all it comes it's down to. It's not a to. quality of music. It's not a who's better than who. It's not numbers. a us versus you. Yo, Nigeria alone has something like 17, you know, billion people. It's like something crazy. Like that's once just, that's just one country. Yeah, man, and that's one Africa. country. And thankfully for many years, they were loving hip hop, mm-hmm. American hip hop. They were loving dancehall. And so we were able to get big numbers. Mm-hmm. And the moment they said, yo, we kind of like our music too. We're going to start to support it. Mm-hmm. It became a versus thing. Yo, Africa, uh, uh, Afrobeats versus dancehall. Why? Mm-hmm. That made no sense. That made no sense. And to everyone out there that was pushing that agenda, man, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Why would you even do something so like divisive? Think about this now. It, it becomes very territorial where... I'm the star, mm-hmm. all right? Now I have somebody else that I could see out of the corner of my eye coming up. Either I embrace who's coming up <laughs> or I totally <clears throat> try to dismiss them as coming up mm-hmm. because I feel I feel now threatened. Yeah, man, and I mean, a lot of people were trying to small up the African side of it like they just arrived. No like, Breda, <laughs> you know, I mean, people don't, discredit Fela Kuti as one of the greatest artists ever. Like, you know, High Life Music, um, Brenda Faso from South Africa. You know, we're not talking about, like, little hits. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about, like, you know, just because you might not know it, mm-hmm. that, yo, these are massive artists with massive followings. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that, <clears throat> you know, American hip-hop became in- insanely in style. 50 Cent? Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. It changed DMX? the fabric of Come on, the man. Landscape. The whole world mm-hmm. wanted DMX. The whole world wanted Tupac. The whole world wanted that. And so it changed everywhere. You started to see Nigerians do hip-hop. You started to see Nigerians do dancehall because these artists were just insanely, unstoppably dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> when, they, when they decided to support their own artists and support their own sounds, you can't get mad at that. Mm-hmm. can't get mad at that. What's wrong with you? You know, and as a matter of fact, I applaud you because if you are winning, man. Um, but with Ebro um, and big up Ebro, man, you know, I, I know a lot of people are um, love, hate Ebro, you know, and they probably uh, don't agree with everything he says. Mm-hmm. This one is kind of hard to not agree with because you can literally look um, 
And shout out to academics as well, man. Mm -hmm. I, I follow his channel, King Academics. That's the channel where he talks about the business of music, mm -hmm. which is something I'd like to get into, man. I'd like to do a channel where I go live and talk about the music industry. But um, he did a live talking about Burner Boy sales. Mm -hmm. And I think Burner Boy sold like, uh, it was either 25 or 50,000 copies of his last album and it sounds bad mm -hmm. but in reality that's great explain well nobody buys albums anymore okay so if you can sell twenty five, fifty thousand dollars of something that of something that nobody's buying. buying anymore that's amazing mm -hmm. um secondly you do have to compare it to other african projects mm -hmm. and in the afrobeat space that's a big deal that's a lot of that's a lot of sales mm -hmm. um, considering previous albums. And I think it's just going to continue to grow as people begin to support Afrobeats. Um, and then also, uh, I think he compared it to some of the latest hip hop albums that dropped that didn't sell as well. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, that kind of says a lot, you know? So yeah, for sure. Um, there will be hip hop artists that are going to sell. There's going to be artists that will sell like hundreds of thousands of copies mm. of an album for sure. But in the bigger scheme of things, that's a great job on an, on a, what most would consider very new genre, even though it's not, uh, but new in the market, in the new side of right. where they are. It's a new word to a lot of people. Afrobeats mm. is a brand new word to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when you're traveling the world, man, and you see, I can go to India, I can go to Iceland, I can go to, and I play, um, you know, my regular stuff. I play a, a dancehall song, I play a hip hop song, but now I can also play an Afrobeat song mm -hmm. and all three of them get love. Man, come on. That's yeah. three genres of African people's music that are winning. How do you That's go all that matters. Because if you notice, I think Bad Bunny had the biggest tour last year. Yeah, man. I think him and Taylor Swift are the biggest artists in the world. And again, that was something that was bubbling under the surface where a lot of people didn't really realize until it just hit them. Yeah, man. Can I tell you, I remember when Chavez died in Venezuela mm -hmm. and my friends in Venezuela were saying, yo, we're, we're allowed to get smartphones now because they weren't allowed to get smartphones before. And... I didn't realize how many people lived in Venezuela <laughs> until everyone got a smartphone overnight. Mm -hmm. And then they were like the reggaeton charts, like the reggaeton streaming numbers exploded overnight because Venezuela mm -hmm. got smartphones. And you were like, yo, just like Africa, when the Spanish speaking world started to say, hey, let's support our language. Mm -hmm. And our our mo our artists and our music, it just tipped over the tides of everything. The numbers mattered. The numbers were insane. Spain colonized half the world, man. Bro, everyone on this side of the world speaks Spanish, mm -hmm. and you know you start to realize that um, you can't get mad at that. And so somebody would get mad at that is insane to me. But you see, it's a lot of ignorance also because we know we're the big place. We're the English speaking. So to us, if you're not speaking or singing in English, it doesn't matter. That's like second class. Right. But then we're now getting a Ross awakening right now. Like, buddy, what you thought before right. is not really what right. it is. And what you, what, what's crazy is like, yo, 
Look at Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. She's not speaking in English, you know. And I played that song in Detroit. (laughs) Step, 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 slide, step, 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 step. And you're like, yo, nobody knows what she's saying in that song. Yeah. And that's where we're at now. Is the song good or not? That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Because even another genre I've seen that you were talking about years ago. um, I'm I'm a a piano. piano. Uh, you see, I didn't even have to say it. Yeah, man, I'm a piano man. Yeah. You know, and shout out to everyone that got uh, Major Lazer's last album with Major League. I'm a piano album. Big, big, big album, man, called mm-hmm. Piano Republic. Some great songs on there. We did a Brenda Faso remix. We got a song called Stop and Go, which is amazing. Um, Kashai did a great song on there. Uh, um, the Red Idea Mustard has a great song on there. Um yeah, we did a great job with that album. I'm really, 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 really um, proud of that project. Um, but again, anybody who just steps out of their box a little bit would have seen these movements. Yeah. And if you're juggling, like if you're DJing like parties, mm-hmm. yeah, man, you would have probably added one or two south african songs to your playlist you know definitely you would have added jerusalem but you would have added like one or two more just because you could see that the crowd would have been like oh okay yeah man you know it no while gone Mm -hmm. and so now you got a whole massive alma piano takeover right now man alma piano is blown up i mean we don't know the future but i think alma piano is going to be around for a long time why because alma piano is house music and guess who originated house music, everybody? Black people. Obviously. So what happens when black people decide to take back house music? Shout out to Black Coffee. Mm-hmm. One of the first people that really was like, yo, everybody, um, why are you keep thinking like house music is white? And we're over here in, on, in the Western world and we're like, because that's all we see going to the parties. Mm-hmm. And then everybody in Chicago and Detroit was like, nah, it's not white, man, it's black. It's made from, a, you know, we, we, we had a big hand in that. And then you start to realize, like, yo, wait a minute, man. All of my old favorite songs are black artists on house beats. Follow Me. Robin, Robin S. Show Me Love. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, all of these songs are house songs with gospel or, you know, um, crazy melodies over them and somehow we walked away from that mm-hmm. and we was like yo the 90s were cool but we we don't want that no more we're on this right now yeah we're on this now mm-hmm. and so you know shout out to Black Coffee in South Africa and all the other places that made us rem- that reminded us man we used to love house music in the 80s and 90s we loved it we of didn't like course, it bro. it wasn't like a little a little thing where you yo you loved it it was part of the the essence of the music. Yeah, man, it was a big deal, man. Like, yo, house music? Mm-hmm. House music all night long. Damn. Shout out to Jungle Brothers. What? They were doing house music all night long. Like, Listen. yo, they were rappers mm-hmm. who, were house. who kept it going. Listen to early Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. You know how much house music she had on, that, on, that, on those projects? In the early times. Give me body. Don't make me wait. Come into my house. Yeah. Give me body. <laughs> Shout out Queen Latifah. I didn't know that, bro. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yo, there's not a single person, I think, at one point that wasn't doing house music and rapping. Yeah. You know, of course, you know, Heavy D, 
you know, um, um, Heavy D had several house songs, but um, I know the one year talk. I could see there was actually even a video for it. Yes, but it's just the name isn't coming to mind. But I know exactly what you mean. John no Star. I feel sorry. To, um, I, you trust me. It's in, it's right here in my brain. Mm -hmm. Heavy D. I know everybody in the in the comments gonna be like, yeah, come on, bro. that song, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, there wasn't anybody not doing it. You know, it was it was a part of what was happening. Do you think we, as black people, create stuff and get almost bored of it quickly and move on to other things? No, I think that we definitely hold on to things for a decent time. I think that especially when it comes to local music, like bounce music, Miami mm -hmm. bass, Jersey club, go, Baltimore go club, go-go from DC, mm -hmm. yo, Chicago and Detroit house. Um, I think we hold on to it for a long time. Those songs, those, those music, those are all 40 year old, you know, those all started in the 80s mm -hmm. and people are still playing them in the club to this day. So I think we hold on to them. Um, I am a little worried sometimes about the homogenization of music where local music loses identity because everything is getting so uh, much attention that it, it begins to absorb and be absorbed um, by people from all over. And then you end up with a where everyone sounds the same. No one has an accent anymore. No one has a distinction anymore. It's you know, everyone one. dresses so it's the same. basically vanilla right across the board. So, like, for instance, I could tell you right now, there was a time where if you were from New York, you dressed like a New Yorker. Uh, and if you were from, uh, you know, New Orleans, you dressed like a totally different style. And now, if you go to New York, there's probably not much difference from anywhere else in America. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I don't like that. I like, you know, but I'm not fighting it either. It is what it is. Yeah. But I do like to see people, you know, in their individuality. And you get to like appreciate the differences and stuff like that. In what they're in what they bring to the table. But what I find even with music right now, music is very splintered. I find that there's now there's a thousand artists and all of them have their own semi big following. But mm -hmm. if you don't check into that silo to see what's going on, you won't know what's going on with this artist here in particular. Yeah, and that's another thing, right? Is everyone can live in their own world. Boss, <laughs> it's 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 so wild. A yeah, lot your of music is impossible Boss. to conquer right now. You, I see tours with endless. these people. Yeah, man, it's up. endless. I constantly see a tour coming up and it's a sold out and I'm like, who's that? But who is this person, boss? Yeah, man, and that's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great that you've somehow connected directly with an audience, mm -hmm. and I didn't have to even know about it. You know, and that's awesome that you could sell out a show, and you've got a way to connect directly to your people. Yeah, dope. Direct to consumer. Twenty twenty three. All right. This is the fiftieth anniversary of hip hop. Mm -hmm. Do you have any one particular memory? of hip-hop either meeting an artist on, buying a record something that Come sticks on. out in your mind do we want to talk about play forever. d records hmm? do we want to talk about play d records of course boss come on man come on do we want to talk about um my favorite rapper from canada chaos do we want to talk about fresh west do we want to talk about mitchy me do we want to talk about cardinal do we want to talk about how my cousin randy put me on mm-hmm to Canadian hip hop to the point where I was just like, yo, why nobody don't know about this in America? And I would come back with these tapes and put everybody else on. 
you know? Because I was like, yo, these Canadian rappers are beyond dope, man. Shout out to Mitchie Me, man. She was my favorite, bro. Yeah. You know? Shout out to uh, KOS as well. Like I said, my favorites. Um, yeah, me and Randy used to be up in Play D Records all the time to the point where Randy got a job in Play D Records. Yeah. Because he was like, yo. But, um... Shout out to Baby Blue Sound. I think we talked about that last time. Yep. At some point, you know, another great impact on putting out music. They, they, they're they kind of credited for uh, making Sean Paul a hit, a sure. worldwide hit. 100%. Um, man, Canada got a lot of history, but let me go back to myself. Um, okay, so hip-hop started with me with Rakim, Eric B and Rakim, still the greatest of all time. If you'd like to debate that with me, please DM me. Yeah. Uh, or actually, no, just do it in the comment section. I'm definitely going to be in the comment section. If somebody would like to debate with me that Rakim is not the greatest rapper of all time, take it to the comment section right now. Um, shout out to everybody that I think deserves honorable mentions. Of course, Big Daddy Kane. Um, I think Tretch um, from Naughty by Nature deserves an honorable mention. Um I think Coogee Rap deserves an honorable mention. Um, yo, there's too many, right? So shout out to all who, you know, you want to debate me on. But definitely, I'm going to say Rakim. So Rakim was the first thing, right? We had a thing called the vo the box, video music box. Yes. And uh, uh, there was a video called uh, I Ain't No Joke that used to come on. And Flavor Flav was in it dancing and stuff like that. And I just remember being like, yo, what is this and why is this so dope? And me and my sister just doing her, like all the latest dances to it in the fucking in front of the TV. Mm -hmm. But uh, then I got his tape. So that's the first tape I ever bought was Paid in Full. And when I heard Paid in Full, when I heard Microphone Fiend, um, man, my head just I just lost it. I literally lost it. I was like, yo, this is beyond normal good. Um, and that's when I really became a hip hop fan, man, through Airbnb and Kim. And then uh, I began to... Uh, um, learn more about hip hop through the box. Obviously, I'm not going out. I'm a child. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, hip hop was not playing on the radio in Miami. Was that Ralph Daniels? No. So Ralph Daniels had video music box in New York. We had our own, like you want to say, bootleg version. Okay. But we had our own version, mm -hmm. and people would you would pay, and people would call in. Uh, you you'd, you'd pay to get a video to play, right? So, uh, and I think the, the version I'm talking about was actually like throughout a lot of America. But yeah, man, that's where it started for me, you know, and then you get into Public Enemy and you get into, you know, all these other things and eventually into NWA and, and stuff like that. But for sure, everything starts to air B for me. <laughs> My entrance was, was Fat Boys. You understand? Yeah, this man. was this was the group right before the Eric B. So it was like Fat Boys, Kumo D. Mm -hmm. um, probably I'd say KRS One would have been in that bunch or two. That My philosopher. Here, is what really got me into hip hop. Big up Ron Nelson, 88.1. He was he had a program called Fantastic Voyage. Mm. If you had a radio, you get it every Saturday between one to four on a college station. Mm. That was what really all of us in Canada, Toronto, mm. that started listening to hip hop and stuff because we were more top 40 and um, those type of music, mm -hmm. Phil Collins and stuff mm -hmm. that they're playing on the radio. It was really Ron Nelson that put us on to Shout out to Ron yeah, Nelson, man. man. Schoolie D. Yeah, man. Um, Schoolie D, the first gangster of rap, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, all that stuff was definitely big, but I think the reason why Rakim, and Rakim, I think that was 88, 89, mm -hmm. I think the reason why that hit so, so differently was because I was like, I, I was literally like, like lyrically like, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, um, 
no disrespect to Kumo Dean or Fat Boys, you know. But for me, it was more comedy or more jokey or more simple rapping. Mm -hmm. And when Rakim stepped in, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, yo, this is intelligent. This is, I'm a child and this is like, I got to go do my research. You know what I'm saying? I got to go do my homework. It hit different. Shout out to FYBJ Main. I got to go do my homework, man. It hit different. Um, and I think that's when I began to like read the lyrics and the lyric, you know, you'd have the lyric pages and, and you were like, man. And he started to learn about the 5% nation and things like that. Yeah. It just was like way, 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 way deep. And I liked that. And a lot of stuff we learned back then, it was via the music. Mm -hmm. You understand? You learned a lot of things. That's why I understand now when people say music influences you. Yes, it does. Because back then, I learned to bill a blunt because of Redman. You understand? <laughs> he said, how you bill a blunt? How you roll a blunt? So you learn certain things that's via the music. Yeah, man. So definitely, you know, because that's for sure. I listened to Two Live Crew, so you know we was learning how to do <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> Crazy. One story I have for Hip Hop 50 is, um, I remember the first time, I think Biggie came to Toronto twice. The first time Biggie came to Toronto, it was in like a little underground place, checkered floors on Young Street. I won some tickets off of CKLN. When I went there now, and there one down there was ram. I was behind by the DJ booth and everything chilling. A big fight broke out. Craziness. Ask anybody about this Toronto show with Biggie. If you go back and you Google, you'll see videos of it. Big fight break out. They stole the turntables. All type of stuff was going on in there. Biggie came off side stage and looked at me and said, yo, y'all wild out here. I said, yo, yo, you mm. don't know that's how it goes out here already. Only thing I've ever said to Biggie in my entire life. You understand? Which is more than me, which is more than most people. <laughs> yeah. You that's say, actually a while out here. Yeah, that's a fucking, yeah, that's wild, man. My boy, talk to Biggie. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I never met any of them guys. That's, you know, I, I definitely, it's crazy that they had such short lives and such short careers. When you really think about it, man, I think they both died in their mid-20s and they both died with like one album, the you know, the most while they were alive or something like that. Like something, I think Tupac might have had a couple, but yeah, that's crazy when you look at like Biggie Smalls, uh, the amount of music he put out was was almost nothing. It was yeah. just like a handful of songs. But you have to remember, he was probably 25, 26 when he died. Mm. Think about it. What were you doing when mm. you were 25, 26, mm. opposed to where you are now? What was your thought process? What right. were you, where were you in your career? Right. You understand? Yeah. No, it's a big thing to say that. Cause yeah, definitely nothing was happening for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I'm still, I was still trying to figure it out for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So, well, yeah, man, I love hip hop music, man. 50 years. I'm playing in Rhode Island this weekend. Uh, sorry, next weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to do a wicked 50 years of hip hop set. Like I already have it lined up. Yeah. You're ready to go. Yeah, man. Yeah, no. I might do. I might. I might practice it tonight. I got a show tonight at Soho House. Yeah, in Toronto. So I'm, I might practice it tonight. But yeah, yeah, because that that's what we all we all grew up in that era and experience everything together. That's what I was telling you. Mm -hmm. There's like a thousand new artists and a thousand different things going on at one point. It's almost like everybody the same age basically experienced the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. We all watch Cosby Show. We all watch Real World. We were all listening to the same music, but now it's 
it's really different. You got to go into these different silos and hear mm -hmm. what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Definitely. Last weekend mm -hmm. was a big, big thing. This, I loved it. The Caribbean Music Awards in Brooklyn. Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, Prince and shout out to everybody that put that together, man. It looked great. I only saw snippets, but it looked great. It looked fantastic. Yeah. To see everybody dressed up and they're together and it's not really a show per se to see Marsha Montano and then to see even somebody like a Skeng and then to see a Wyclef and then you see Spice and then you see they're skinny there was so many different dynamics but under one roof to celebrate one thing which was Caribbean music mm -hmm. you understand yeah man and I I, I, I applaud just the, the effort man mm -hmm. We don't really do it. Do I mean, in my lifetime, there have only been like a few like Jammies Awards and like some other award shows. But um, this one, I think, really represented the Caribbean. Um, and I don't know if Canada has like a Caribbean award show, but I definitely we, we think major cities really. like New York and Toronto, mm -hmm. they should. And it should happen annually. And um, man, they did a great job as far as I'm concerned. I mm -hmm. salute them. Just to see it, and I'm seeing that just reminded me when I seen you a couple of years ago when you were at the Grammys mm -hmm. and you had on your 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 hat mm -hmm. and stuff and your, your blazer and said, mm -hmm. okay, you know what? This is the same energy this is given right here. Yeah, and it's funny, right? Because you still might have had some people pull up to that Caribbean War show in like a white tee yeah. and jeans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hopefully they'll check the temperature and be like, mm -hmm. yo, this is where we should like look royal and, and, and present ourselves in a way that we all feel will um, draw investors and draw people to spend money and, mm -hmm. you know, make it feel valuable, man. You know, make it feel really like, yo, you know, we don't have to uh, wait till we get to the Grammys to go mm -hmm. all out. Let's go all out for us. And it makes sense because I've seen even Dex adapts when after he won and stuff, he said that, yo, this is really his first official award mm -hmm. and I you could that. see after he posted it still and you could see the admiration and the love that he felt for this thing right here mm -hmm. you understand so it's really us celebrating us mm -hmm. and that's where you get the real love yeah man vibe. i love it man i love it and i and i, I definitely think uh man we got greatness mm -hmm. um you know for the next couple of years as long as this keeps going mm -hmm. yeah last time you were here was um I think last time you were here was probably April. Mm. We sat down. Say I sat down with you on a Monday. By the following Monday, I seen this documentary come on. PBS. Man, we didn't talk about it. Or did we talk about it? No, we talk bro, about it no, no, Jesus. Bro. It, it just, boss, it just came out of And I didn't nowhere. say nothing about it? Nothing, boss. Jeez, Not even bread. off the air. When I, I said, who are Big I? disrespect that, <laughs> man. What kind of foolishness put that on, man? <laughs> Shout out to everyone who saw that PBS did a documentary on me and it's called American Masters. Mm -hmm. And it's probably the most, man, amazing piece I've ever seen on a, on a DJ that does what I do mm -hmm. ever. Um, and I'm just glad that it was on me. And I don't know them from nowhere. I want everybody to know that. I don't know anybody from PBS. Mm -hmm. um, PBS might have been more bigger back for the older generation. It might mean more. For the like older generation. Public broadcast system. Yeah. You know, you know this mean? is where you got your Carmen San Diego <laughs> and where you got your Bloodhound Gang. Yes. And, and your Degrassi used to show on this. And 
um, uh, Reading Rainbow. It's like, yes. yo, come on, man. This is PBS, bro. Yes. <laughs> so for us, it means a lot. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to everyone, man. Go check it out. It's on YouTube. Go to PBS and find, uh, just type in Wall Street Fire. Uh, and American Masters is also a great deal because I'm in company with American Masters is a great award to receive. Mm -hmm. And the company I'm in is insane. The people that I look at that they've chosen as American Masters. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful. Grateful beyond words. What was it like when you got that call? Say, hey, this is what we're I doing. I didn't believe it at yeah. first, man. I'm not going to lie. I didn't believe it. I was like, yo, scammer them, man. I was <laughs> like, yo, them which there. one of them scammer them, man? And they're like, yo, we're going to follow you to Brazil because I have uh, a Brazil, Brazil album dropping soon. And they were is like, yo. the second one? No, the first one. I just haven't okay. dropped that one yet. Got you. And they were like, yo, we're going to follow you to Brazil while you're recording this album. And I was like, sure. And then all of a sudden, they're like, give me your plane information and we're going to get on the same plane with you. Do you mind if we start recording? I was like, sure. Here's my plane information. Sure. And then here's the girl, literally, Jamie. Shout out to Jamie. She's taking video of me flying down to Brazil. And I was like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And it was a big blessing, man. And so shout out to everybody that I met and everybody in Brazil that's, uh, they don't understand what PBS is, but there's going to be a lot of famous people on this, on this, uh, that are on this album. And yeah, man, what an experience that was. And so I give just immense and endless thanks mm -hmm. to be a part of that. If you weren't, because in that same in the same documentary, you said you're obsessed with music, all right? Mm. If you weren't, if music didn't hold you and you're obsessed with it, where do you think Architecture, you'd be Architecture, man, right no question. I say it all the time. Yeah, man, I would have been an architect. Mm -hmm. I got my undergraduate degree in marketing, and then I got my graduate degree in journalism, which then brought me into radio, which then brought me into music. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't have any of that, yeah, I would have been an architect because yeah. I love design. I love interior and the exterior design. Mm -hmm. I love the mathematics it takes to put together something, man. And so, you know, it's something I'm really into. And I'm building a house right now on the farm. And it's like, I'm, I'm too into it, man. I'm yeah. too into it. So it's it's almost like your farm is your, your own personal playground. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's where I can get, like, I'll definitely build a studio. Yeah. You know, I'll, every dream I think I could ever have, I, I'm going to put it, uh, I'm, I'm going to make it come to life on that farm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a vision board person. Shout out to everybody who has a vision board. If you don't have a vision board, man, make sure you get a vision board. I think that a vision board has actually been one of the things that I, I won't say I thought it was lame. Yeah. Right. But you know, man, I bad man. Yeah. So. <laughs> Things just know, happen. We don't really. Yeah. yeah it's like, it yo, man, us work. Uh, yeah. I'm going to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Me not to manifest, you know, like in <laughs> yo, a I, vision I, board. Manifest. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, not really sit on and put together them thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But when I had, um, That's wild to see but when I put it together, yeah. and the person who was advising me on this, they were like, "Yo, you got to put it on your phone, mm -hmm. and you got to see it every single day." And when I tell you, I honestly want to say maybe out of all fifteen things on this, maybe four haven't happened. Yeah, I have. I have the farm on it, so obviously I did this like December, mm -hmm. right? So this is this year, two twenty three. Um, my event SOS is doing great, which is my Afrobeat event. Yes. Uh, my Brazil album is dropping. I got a Range Rover Defender right there. Guess who got a Range Rover Defender? Come on, fam. The old school one. Shout out to 94 yeah. Defender crew. Um, 
My other party detour, I definitely have a book coming out, which I won't mention right now, but it's on there. I can say it to you um, off air. Mm -hmm. um, man, I started cycling. Yeah, it's like everything on here. I'm thinking about buying this clothing brand, uh, which I won't mention, but I'll definitely say something to you off air. Mm -hmm. um, Bacardi sponsorship, you know, that never that never goes anywhere. I'm 275 days on my Spanish yeah. Duolingo. Come on, fam. No, man, this whole, this, this vision board is the realest thing I ever did, man. And so I ask anyone out there, hit me up if you got any questions about it. You know, I'm going to give you the rude boy talk <laughs> with some sense. Yeah. I'm going to say, yo, trust me. I know already, man. I know already. We're not too sit on and, you know, Mexicans. but I, at the same time, I'm going to say, look, it worked. Mm -hmm. I actually looked at the things that I was like just into every single day. I was like, yo, you know, I love Defenders, man. I love Range Rovers, man. I want one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the opportunity to have one at the most insane price mm -hmm. appears. And you're like, nah, this ain't real. Uh, you know, whatever. Then you go on to the other one. Like, you know, I want a farm, but. And then all of a sudden, the opportunity appears and you're just like, wait a minute. This is what I asked for. Mm -hmm. You get the farm. It's like everything just. When did you start doing the um, vision boards? This is my first one, bro. Okay. Like I said, this is 2023. I, I did this December like 29th. Mm -hmm. Trust me when I tell you. And I actually feel like I should do one more for the last quarter of this year. I feel like I should erase that one and do another one. But it's a must. A vision board is a must. Visualize what you what you want in life. Put it in front of your actual eyesight. Don't put it on a screen that you got to swipe and see it. Don't even put it on your wall. If you don't, if you're looking at your phone more than your wall, put it on your phone, right? Make sure it's somewhere that you see it all the time. If, you, if you're in your car every day or if you're in your office for uh, a long time every single day, put it on the wall in your office. Vision boards work. I testify, vision boards work. And I, and I, and I, and I was a doubter in the sense that I was like, not a doubter. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I was like, yeah, man, if people do it, that's cool. And then when I did it, I was like, nah, this actually works, you know? Um, and I had watched movies like The Secret and I had always watched people talk about manifesting. Mm -hmm. But this is my first time actually trying it. And it, it works. <laughs> Last one I got for you before I got here to your Welsh. Great year and stuff. What, could, what do you have coming up that you could actually speak about? Mm -hmm. Because I know you're always moving in silence. I wouldn't be surprised if by Monday, something pops up that we didn't speak about that exactly. you have hidden in the talk somewhere. Oh, that would be, that would, I'd, be, I'd feel so disrespectful <laughs> if I did that. Mm -hmm. um, no, the album, the Brazil album is dropping. Um, shout out to everyone that's been to Dante's Hi-Fi, my bar mm -hmm. in Miami. We talked about that last time and how that's taking up a lot of my time. No, but there are a bunch of things I cannot talk about. Mm -hmm. And if they do pop up next week, just know I couldn't talk about it right now. And don't feel disrespected. Trust me, I don't want to ever disrespect. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll leave it at that, Walsh. Muscle, we can't leave without talking about sound system yeah. culture. No, I don't. What, what, what is it? What kind of show it is? What kind of show it is? This is where I was going to give. You cannot have a conversation this is where I was with Walsh, you fire, and we're not talking about sound system. This, this is where I was going to say. Is a serious something. Man, all right, let's ask you a question. Muscle, Muscle, who's the most respected? Who, in your opinion, is the most respected sound man? The most respected? Who's the one sound man that you know 
everyone respect them. Everybody respects him. Father Paul Stornoff. No, he definitely got beef with a lot of people. No, but beef. Remember, yes. I said, like, when, when all the all the soul and Wayne said, "If no one juggle with," they had fans, and them they, their fans don't for a long period of time. I'm gonna tell you who, man. I'm gonna tell you who. I want to hear this. Kirky C. Mm. Kirky C is the most respected sound man in the business. Explain. You probably could say. Uh, Base Odyssey owner. Um, Father Keith. Father Keith. Mm -hmm. You probably could say Father Keith as well. Right? Um, but Father Keith and the Base Odyssey 1 and Base Odyssey 2, they had a beef. Yeah. Right? So it's like there's going to be an era there where people are going to say them no respect Father Keith. All right? So I'm saying to you, I look at Kirky C mm -hmm. and I can't find a moment mm. where anybody was like, yo, Kirky C. I don't, I don't, I don't like him, and I don't agree with what he just did or nothing like that. I have one even better for you then. You see, somebody like Kirk, you see then, since you're framing it that way, I don't think he really gets the no respect, no, nope. and that's admiration that he deserves, that, that, and that's moment. why he actually gets the respect hmm. because he's not looking for it. He's genuinely doing everything he does mm -hmm. as a man from his chest. He's not, he's not trying to gain any clout or any recognition or any respect from anybody. Mm -hmm. What he does just garners it. It just gets respect. Yeah. And we can go through the list of things, man. Look how much people have, uh, look how much amazing people Poisoner has produced. Super if, Dupes and Bobby Chin. F. Tarantula. Red Man. Cuta Shooter. Then let's talk about adversity. Mm -hmm. He lost two selectors in one night to violence. One shot. One night. He took care of Squingy when nobody else was. He had great selectors like Mataron and a few others play a sound for very previous time. Mm -hmm. Man, you can't tell me. Name another person. Yeah. Name another person. Let's just start with the first part. Name another person that has produced so much insanely great talent. Mm -hmm. How much other people have been a part of that sound and when they left... They went out into the world and became the greatest thing in the world. Of course, that King Adi's my son, right? <coughs> where they were. Transcended Correct. to a completely different level. I mean, what, what, like, come on, this is, a, this, is a, this is a moment that needs to be discussed. Mm -hmm. And if I know Kirky C, he probably don't even want us talking about this. Mm -hmm. Because him just, him just do him thing. But I really do hope he sees this. Mm -hmm. As a person who remembers when he used to play Super G sound in Fort Lauderdale. And as a person who um, has been booked by him many times, mm -hmm. I have never, ever, 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 ever had even the slightest person whisper something bad about him. Mm -hmm. That guy is a genuinely great guy. And I think he's the most respected person in sound system. I think you might have... Uh a point and again it's because he's almost like the 
unlikely pick. That's why he is the pick. And so for everyone out there, like I said, I think another good candidate would be like Father Keith, right? Mm -hmm. But not everyone has had a chance to work with him. And I think that uh, maybe he's a great second choice or, um, you know, there's going to be somebody else that somebody else is going to argue this point. And I'm glad that you guys can argue this. This is a, this is a positive argument. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the most respected unanimously? And anybody from anywhere in the world, then I'm going to say, yo, you know, I don't have nothing bad. You know, I really, I really, I love Kirky C. Kirky C. are the boss. Kirky C. are the general. Yo, I'm going to respect him. I can't think of another person that unanimously from Japan to, to Africa is going to say, yo, He's worked with everybody. Mm -hmm. He's done everything at its yeah. highest level. Mm -hmm. He's produced some of the greatest talent. It's still doing it. He's still here. At a high level too. Still clashing. Still building sound systems. Still making selectors great. Mm -hmm. Man, come on, y'all. Challenge me on this. You know who else I'd have to throw in the ring to? Father Ethan from King Addis. So I say Etan is a, I think Etan is one of those people that a lot of people um, have very few interaction with. He's the ghost of the yeah. Bar. So it's hard for me to see people say, yeah, man, Etan, mm -hmm. when I don't think that many people have had an actual interaction with him, you know? But he so, was that guy where... You know, at one point in sound class, you would diss the boss and all that stuff there. He was always known as this man. Mm. You don't diss Father Ita. Mm -hmm. That's this true. face, this Mataran, this Kingpin, mm -hmm. this anybody. You say Father Ita and boss, you're mm. not diss them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I agree. I, and I remember those days. And those days were wild days, man. Think about how crazy sound clashing was. Mm -hmm. In the 90s, bro. God, yo, big up to every sound we ever got you it, God. You know, when I was playing Changes Sound um, and Copper Shot Sound at that time, um, man, we went through it on a minor scale. I can imagine what the bigger sounds were going through. But um, with all respect to Eton, I don't think uh, many people have had interactions with him. I think he just started doing interviews like a couple of years ago. Like Since it uh, started, I've only yeah, well, possibly seen, when I've heard, the first time I heard his voice, I was shocked. Mm -hmm. I've probably seen about two interviews. Mm -hmm. And when you hear he's just speaking like straight plain English, yeah, man. I said, who are I? Yeah, man. <laughs> I didn't even know. The <laughs> I and I'm just simple, right? Yeah, man. When I seen a picture of this man, <clears throat> this is the father Ethan you guys mm -hmm. are talking about? Mm -hmm. Respect is tall, man. Yeah, man. So I think that that's not really what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is Among not ghost-like respect. In industry. Yeah, man. Not right. like ghost, not fear yeah, or ghost-like yeah. respect. Got you. Got you. I'm talking about actual interaction and respect. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> It'll be hard for somebody. And like I said, I, I think this is a great question. Yeah. And I, I would love to see uh, what names get thrown. Mm -hmm. But for sure, I think it would be hard to be courtesy. Yeah, I, while we're talking, I'm still in my mind. Going yeah, man. Let's, and you're come on, you're, man. More sound system you're, talk, you're, man. You're a right, your turn now. Let's talk about some sound you're system 100 stuff. You're 100 right, though. It's like, ooh, you know what I mean? Man, I'm one of the he's best. He's from a region 
that didn't really get that. So let's talk about support. it. Anyhow, it never moved a tampa. Mm-hmm. Imagine what he did out of Tampa, mm-hmm. where just country. If he had stayed in the South Florida area, oh man, I can only imagine one, how massive the sound would have been mm-hmm. and how many selectors would have played that sound and been huge. So many cars. Yeah. Trust me, bro. Everybody would have wanted to play that sound if they could locally have that sound to play. Everyone would have wanted to, wanted to play that sound. Yeah. And um, him moving to Tampa is just more testimony to, you know, your greatness. Your greatness, bro. Like, you did that out of Tampa. Mm-hmm. Come on, fam. Y'all tell me, man. Y'all tell me. Y'all tell me. I got one for you. Favorite sound that didn't last too long, mm. but had a short run, but this run was crazy. Turbophonic one. Was Listen. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of this conversation <laughs> here, because you're inside of my mind, Walsh. Yo. I was a Turbophonic fan what? for three seconds. <laughs> Yo, all them just... You see one winter fresh. Yeah, man. Sizzler, and then Sizzler, and then what? Sizzler, and then more Sizzler. Yeah, man. Yo. <laughs> I mean, there's a few sounds like that, you know, but Turbophonic by far would take that award, man. Listen. As the sound that garnered the most fans in the shortest time. In the time. shortest period of time. Yeah, man. Turbophonic, man. Listen, and you know, I remember soul. meeting, I believe it was an Indian fellow that owned the sound. Indian and just, Stitch. Yeah, man. And I just remember meeting him one time and I was just like, yo, trust me, bro. <laughs> I understand now how talent on a sound is yeah. so important. You can't just have name brand sound again. Mm-hmm. You have to have talent on the sound. Because there was enough sounds that got by off of who was back in the sound and fear and you know what I'm saying? And them kind of thing. And the song never really have the talent like that. Mm-hmm. But they had tune and they had this mystique about them. Um, but man, Turbophonic, that song, them on, yo. The greatest song that I would love to know. Their... I would love to know if somebody had played a song now and if them mm-hmm. under them thing, you know? Turbophonic. It's just a song. Uh, there was problems with the owners. Some of the dubs got teeth and all that. I remember yeah, the them first days. and only time I seen Winterfresh up here. It was a dance somewhere in Scarborough down the road. When he first came on, you know, back in those times, when you're listening to cassettes, everybody on a cassette was giant. They were mm. bigger than life. Mm. So he first heard, when he said, this doesn't sound like Winter Fresh. And then he gave you his signature, Woy Selassie, mm. boss. I said, yo, Fresh is in the place, mm. man. Winter Fresh, bro. Yeah, man. I haven't heard his um, his name in a while, man. I haven't heard him on an audio in a while. I know Sim's still are doing thing, you know. Yeah, he's he's actually on Addies, you know. Yeah, I think in, in Jamaica, Jamaica yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, I I I'm in Jamaica all the time, and I never really see those dances. So you know, I'd love to see Winterfresh on Addies in Jamaica and see Walkwan. One more song, one for you. Who do you think has the best dub play collection as a song? I'm a Silverhawk fan. So I always felt like their actual dubs and the quality of the dubs and what they cut was just so important. I feel like they cut real important steel, you know? And so I'm a fan of Steely and Cleavy and what they did with that sound. I would, to a level, I agree, but this is the only problem with Silverhawk. They didn't stay around long Long enough enough to really say okay this is what they did 20 years after the fact okay so who do you say i agree i agree so who do you say 
definitely would have to put Addies. Okay. All right. Now I understand the question. Mm-hmm. No. The answer is LP. The answer is LP. The answer is LP. The answer is LP this, this International. Is where, this is where we're going Now to I understand the question. Yeah. Okay. This is not whose dull box do I like the most. Okay. This is who has the best dull box in sound system culture. Okay. So then you, what's your argument for LP? They never, ever, 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 ever missed. They have no holes. They also never, ever cut anything that wasn't absolutely great. Mm -hmm. They did their own thing every single decade. Like when I look back into the the, the 90s and I look into the early 2000s and I look and I'm going, yo, they cut their dubs just different Mm -hmm. on different rhythms at the time that were harder to source. Now you can get any rhythm. Mm -hmm. But when I look back and see like, yo, then was I cut song? What? Just differently. You know what? When it came to that rhythm game, LP, LP is a problem, was. bro. LP is a problem. But here where Addis comes into When the Java. Yo, LP was a different beast. Mm-hmm. You know, um, cutting artists that other people weren't. Not that they weren't cutting. People were cutting Papa San and Lil Tennis City, of mm-hmm. course. But they weren't cutting it like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I and man, I say this without any apology. Mm-hmm. LP, LP, yeah, man. Here where here's where I give Addis the edge over LP. Mm-hmm. Addis was cutting. Addis was when it came to their dub selection. Even to this day, it's very wide. Mm-hmm. You understand where they're going for. Bunny Rugs that you've never heard on dub. Bunny before. Rugs is who we're talking about singing the house rap. song. <laughs> it, it was in your brain, bro. <laughs> it was right that's yes. in your brain. Yes. Bunny Rugs. Yes. yes. Bunny Rugs. Yes. And I mean, yes, bro. They would cut those people and they would turn around and cut a brown medley. Dennis Brown. Mm-hmm. Freaking, who are the other two in the Dennis Brown, you, bro, mm-hmm. and one other person in this Brown? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, yeah, my creativity. Their, their levels of what they brought to the game mm-hmm. is totally And I think that that's, totally a, I think you're not wrong at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that people have uh, no problem with what either one of us are saying. Uh, I'm clearly an LP fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, as LP LP Walsh LP Walsh as LP yeah you know given my own name to the sound as a as LP's number one fan bro yeah yo trust me bro best dub box in other words yeah LP <laughs> and no, shout out shout out to question, all you know? and shout out to every selector that's played the sound man mm-hmm. they just always had great selectors um Polyfamous was probably the only one that I didn't really agree with probably at that time there LP was mature Mm-hmm. Enough where Polly was still on the rise. He was the hottest MC on planet Earth when they got him. Agreed. But he wasn't the, I wouldn't say not biggest, the word I want to use, he wasn't the most seasoned MC mm-hmm. to go with a seasoned sound mm-hmm. like LP. So I'll, I'll say it differently. Uh, I see what you're saying. And I think he was a seasoned selector. I think that's why he got picked. I think he was that good. He was that But hot. my personal as an LP fan, mm-hmm. issue was I was a fan of Polly on Klepto. But remember, it's you see how we're fans of 
Panther and Black Cat. Yes, exactly. But when you take off Panther, Panther goes solo, go I've never been a fan. And big up Panther. Mm -hmm. But man, Black Cat? But <laughs> listen, Come with on, the fam. smallest set of dub box, if anybody Panther. And kill zone. But put so, Panther on King Addis now. Would we still no. think of him that no. same way there? No. And again, I'm gonna say this. And I've said this before, but I definitely want to make sure I say this now and make it clear. I think a sound's style and a sound's um, brand is important in winning a clash. 100%. And when I say that, I say Panther has his own brand his own style. Adis mm -hmm. have them own brand and them own style. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see somebody compromise their brand and style mm -hmm. to now make this work. And that's what I think happened with LP. Mm -hmm. Yo, I'm a... Yo, when I said Pali, I wanted the greatest... He'll go down what? as one of the greatest this to ever do it. Boss! And when he was on Klepto, brother, me say, yo, I never heard this sound before, but like Turbophonic, I'm a fan. I'm a I'm a real fan. Cause I read your bud. So when he was joining LP, I was like, "Oh man!" Mm -hmm. I said, "Yo, I don't like that," mm -hmm. and I I don't want my favorite Brooklyn sound to be playing in Toronto. Normally, mm -hmm. I want them to be a Brooklyn sound that I never see. It's unless still I, supposed to have that mystique. Unless I'm unless yo somebody spend them money and bring them. Or I'm going to Brooklyn to see them. Like something, yes, yeah, something mystical has to happen when I say, "Yeah, man, mm -hmm. LP sound." Um, I'm I'm one of the few people. Uh, maybe I'm not one of the few. I'm not sure actually, but I'm against uh, franchising sounds. I don't like that. Right? I want the sounds identity to be right where the branding matches. So, Bass Odyssey mm -hmm. from the country. I don't want Bass Odyssey to have a franchise mm, I see what in New York City. Yeah. Because my mind want, loves the branding of them being the country defenders, even though mm -hmm. Bass Odyssey's other Bass Odyssey was a town sound. Mm -hmm. And it was from Halfway Tree, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And it was my good friends, well, you know, Ali Patch yeah. and Kit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's 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 the... Yes. that's I think I don't know if I was Z original or one of them, but... That was the other base odyssey. Mm -hmm. And you know, and their dad was a, a, a good friend of mine, mm -hmm. Aquarius Records. You know, so when I started to realize, like, yo, because, you know, Ali Patch and them, when they sell record, they played base odyssey dub same time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of people knew that Aquarius Records was part owner of base odyssey. No clue. And so when them fall, um, when the business mash up, and they both took dubs each each side. And I started to realize that this Bass Odyssey didn't have the dubs that Kit. And I'm literally going, oh, yo, why did he say, yo, you know, so me don't play them bounty killer there. I'm like, but you can. I'm like, you have them. I know you have those bounty killers. Mm -hmm. And then I realized they didn't have them. This Bass Odyssey had them. Mm -hmm. And the two Bass Odysseys were playing, you know, simultaneously. Um, they branded themselves as the country sound and branded it very well. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I was like, man, the, this town basically doesn't stand a chance. It doesn't have that same, the same feel to it. Mm -hmm. You understand? So me, as a youth, will love to see sound, say, yo, 
Like Addis, you think new lots. You don't even think Brooklyn. Yeah. You think new lots. If Addis was like, yo, we're going to move to North Carolina or something like that, not saying that it would not win clashes, not saying, I'm just saying it feels weird. At least it would feel weird for a while before you start to go, okay, King Addis, all right, the we sampler is going to say, Wicked man from North Carolina, <laughs> Riley Durant, Charlotte. <laughs> you know, it's going to sound weird for a while, but we'll get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you have somebody from, uh, not from Brooklyn, playing a Brooklyn sound like that, mm-hmm. it just didn't fit. It was like, yo, he had, you probably have a brand and a style. And LP, especially with one of my favorite MCs, Killer D, and my um, my other favorite MC before him, Stereofish, and also Walsh Big Up to Danger, as one of the great Danger as one of the chill, Danger as one of the greatest MCs as well. LP built this mm-hmm. Brooklyn brand, this Flatbush brand. Mm-hmm. Yo, they're the Flatbush sound. I don't want. I don't want mix up that brand. I don't want compromise that brand i want that brand for steer like that and that's the strength in my opinion of the brand is everybody don't say yo this is the brooklyn flatbush sound Mm -hmm. you know and then yeah man um so i'm so glad that polly returned to klepto and is thriving and is killing the game because just like what i'm saying yo he had already created a style and a brand that was winning Mm -hmm. Now he's back to that style and that brand and it's just winning and he's doing great. And I want to see him continue to do great. I want to see him get new selectors that don't compromise that style and that brand. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't love, uh, I didn't love uh, that, that uh, Polly on LP as you, an LP fan. You brought up a name. I just want to give him his flowers before, before we go. Sterilfish. Yeah, my one of the bodies. Let me tell you why he's my one of the bodies. Because we, they are foreign. Mm-hmm. We are foreign. Caribbean people, right? Listen. We are foreign Caribbean people. And Sterefish are the first man me ever see. Somebody could tell me if it was before. Sterefish are the first man me ever see on microphone in a sound clash. Say, bitch, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a Yankee. Boss, he was, he was the one before. Because remember, Matran, even though Matran's from Jamaica and came up, but Matran kind of broke it out yeah, but Sterofish a lot of people don't give that man his credit yeah, man. he was if the one that made you know you could be a foreign it. selector yeah. but still bad yeah man no I think his respect is up there man Sterofish uh, definitely let me say as a youth where you used to talk Yankee style mm-hmm. on sound I used to root for him what I think that's honestly what drew me to LP mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know alongside the other factors dub boxing but man when the man go on the microphone and say you little bitch <laughs> I say yo. I, give you those I say yo. I resonate with this. What? <laughs> I I think somebody like Fish. I don't know what it is. He almost just <clears throat> faded into obscurity. Where if you know, you know. But a man like Sir Fish, his name should be in any argument when you're talking about MCs, selectors. And his name should be. But it just somehow is not there. But a man like yeah, yeah. Fish, he changed the game. Yeah, I agree. For the fire but that's, that's probably, um, probably how he wants it. Maybe that's his fault then, if you know, if you think of what I'm saying. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he just didn't, he just wants to chill. Yeah. I don't even know if him still I play Libra Love 
I don't know if him gone put on Nixon or him just mm -hmm. doing his own thing or him just stop playing so you know, you know, no one's that young anymore. But no question, man. Sterefish yeah. is a huge influence to me personally as a soul man. Bro. He gave me that confidence to go on the microphone and just talk like how I talk. What? And just be myself. Like, I don't have to be this country Jamaican guy. <laughs> I don't have to go up there. Because, you know, there's a lot of selectors yeah. that are, are, are not from the Caribbean. And um, some of them mm -hmm. do feel like, yo, I have to talk like I was born and raised there. Yeah. And I think that that's cool. That's them. Do what you want to do. But Sterefish are the real one that said, yo, you want to throw in some Patois words? Do it. You want to talk straight Yankee on the mic? Do it. Um, you want to tell people like, yo, I was born in fucking New York, man. And hold, and hold, and hold that microphone and, yeah. staring, yes. and staring, staring at Jamaican guys' face when you say it. trooper or something like that. That's the badness. I'm staring at him face. Yes, I said like, yo, I was born in America, yes. bro. And you had, to, you had to love that. Yeah, man. I think Sterefish was the one that was really like, yo... Y'all look good, man. Y'all ain't gotta act. You ain't gotta yeah. tell people you're born in Jamaica. And you don't. You you don't have to do that. And ah, uh, man, Stereo Fish out a real G, man. Real I'm gangster, man. Real big boss. up, big up, Fish. You got your flowers today. And even though he has a name that now they change it around, you can't say Fish Nala. But yo, I'm still no, your man. name Stereo is Stereo Fish. Fish, boss. You understand? Stereo Fish, good man. Well, she. Yeah, man. We cover all topics. Yeah, man. I think we're good now, man. We just have to make sure the sound system thing get covered yeah. on the topic, man. But we're good now. Definitely. How yes. long has this show been, man? sometime <laughs> <laughs> good luck to the editor yeah yo don't two clip me you know more about four clips out of this you know listen right? four clip we, we you know how we get yeah though. we know we do it well it's always a pleasure when you link up live and in person yeah, and man. actually sit down and hold a reason because you see the thing with this is this the people that really sit down and take in our conversations get a deeper appreciation and understanding of who you are and what you really bring to the table. Because, yo, as simple as you see, yeah, you like to laugh and joke around and do it. Yo, bad man, I know exactly who you are and who I have sitting in this chair here, you know. As much as you just like, hey, yeah, man, we're just doing, I understand that what you've done from even a solo to a sound to an industry is nothing short of fucking amazing, boss. Appreciate it, brother. You understand? Yeah, man, really appreciate Thank it. Thank you again, boss. Thank you too, bro. Well, see. Yeah, man. Big love. Always Much respect, love. everybody out there. See you in a city near you soon. Yeah, man. Look out for it. Love. Leave, leave some social contacts where they can yeah, check Yeah, man, watch you fire, man. And definitely. Um, last time I was here, a lot of people hit me up. Um, mostly saying great interview, but a lot of people asking for advice or asking for help in certain stuff. And I help when I can. Um, so don't be afraid to, to reach out, for mm -hmm. sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinesmusichut.com.